Hi, I'm David. And I'm Shay. And you're listening to Board on the Air on CFCR, where we talk about board games and board game-related topics. On tonight's show, we will be discussing what we've been playing, the news, and for our main topic, we are going to discuss the ins and outs of FOMO. Yes, fear of missing out. Yeah, this this is a big thing for Kickstarter. Yeah. Specifically, uh, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... It was just something that popped in my head last week as I was thinking about games and Kickstarter and stuff like that. And I don't think it actually should be something in your mind. Yeah, but we'll we'll discuss that. Yes. Stick around for that. Let's start with what have we been playing? Yes. Would you like to go first? Uh, I can go first. I played Yamatai. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an older game by the creator of Five Tribes from Days of Wonder. Uh, it is... How to describe it? You you have a map with tokens on it, which are culture tokens. Mm-hmm. And you're spreading boats out to encircle the islands. And... If you have the right boats around that island or the right colored boats around that island, you can build a uh, house or a temple or a gate. Uh, It is, as I was playing it, the theme of it is a little Western or a little (laughs) bit European, I would say. Because you put a place a boat beside an island and you get the culture token. So you're stealing their culture. Right, you're colonizing. And then you're putting a building on their culture. Or so their island. you're playing as Britain in yeah. the, like, what, 18th century? <laughs> 16th century? So, yeah, basically, Some, colonization 15. is what you're doing in this game. Uh, is this made by that guy who... Uh, got in trouble a couple months ago? No. Okay, because there's a couple games that sound a lot like Yamatai that are... Um... Yeah, no, I think this is the guy that got in trouble recently, if I'm not mistaken, for saying that he doesn't trust people who don't drink. <laughs> oh, okay. Winner. Uh, if, if I'm thinking of the right person, I might be completely wrong, so if I am, take that with a grain of salt, because I can't remember that person's name. Uh, but yeah, this is a very fun game, in my opinion. Uh, we played three-player. Uh, it, it flows really well. Uh, on your turn, there's five stages you go through, and then it's the next player's turn. Uh, you're going to take a card, uh, which gives you a boat or a couple of boats and a special power for that round. And then you're going to have the option to buy or sell one of your boats, and each color boat has a different cost to it. And then you place your boats, and then you have the option to either collect culture tokens or build on one of the islands, as long as it's been emptied already. You have to steal the culture before you can build on it. Gotcha, of course. (laughs) (laughs) We're nothing if not correct in this game. Yeah. And then in the last stage, you can, or last two stages, you can save one boat, or save boats, uh, but if you save more than one boat, you have to leave it there uh you can only hold you you put multiple boats there but you leave it there and multiple boats at the end of the game lose you points right uh and then in the last stage you can buy an assistant or a helper 
And you do that by uh, either two of the same culture token or three different culture tokens. And, and those assistants give you something that breaks the game. Like they're going to give you victory points at the end of the game plus a special power going forward. Right. Uh, all in all, this is a very pretty game. There's lots of color to it. Uh, the puzzle aspect of, is really neat. Uh, the mechanic of it that I, I like the most is the uh, the first stage where you're taking something that gives you a boat and a special power. Uh, the more There's numbers on those, 1 through 10, and they play a factor in who goes first the next round. Uh, so the, the lower the number goes first, but the lower the number is, the, the weaker of the powers. So you're cycling through these. You have five showing. In, in, in our game, we had three people playing, so three would go. Those two stay, and, and they just cycle through that way. And the whole mechanic of, well, I want that power, but then I'm going to go later on in the game next round, which means that island I'm clearing here, somebody else can build on it. it it's a really cool mechanic to it. Mm -hmm. And it, it's one of those games that Five Tribes is very puzzly as well. I don't find this one has as much uh, AP as Five Tribes. And then, uh, but it's it's a nice, solid game. Excellent. I don't think I've played this one. You, you've played it once. Have I? Yeah, we played it at uh, Jeff's at, on a Friday night one night. Excellent. And yeah. I've just forgotten it. Well, like most games. Like you, most you, games. You remember so well. Do you think I remember the game like a day after I've played it? Probably not. Probably not, no. <laughs> not unless it's one I've played a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, this is this is a good uh, follow-up to Five Tribes. Mm -hmm. Uh me and mom both agreed that we liked this one better than Five Tribes. Uh, Jordan really likes Five Tribes, so he he chose that one over over yeah. this one. Uh, I tried something new. I didn't ex didn't tell them that it was from the same maker, uh, but we played it, and at the end, both of them said this is very similar to Five Tribes, and, <laughs> and it does it it has a very similar vibe to it. So that is Yamatai. Excellent. Okay. Shall what I talk about play? the game that I played? You shall talk about the game you played. Excellent. So we got Space Base to the table again. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the last time we talked about it, actually, because I think it's been a while since we played it. So It, it has been a while since we got it to the table, but we're, we're trying to play through everything this year. We're definitely not going to make it. Yeah. Uh, we've had a couple of really dry months that uh, have set us back. Yeah, you know, it's just busy. Yeah, right. and th there's, life gets in the way, and I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. No. So. Also, I enjoy painting, and I'm painting figures for somebody right now. And, uh, you know, I just I really enjoy doing that. So mm. I'd probably do that over necessarily playing the game to start off with. Although, we are going to play Anachrony this week. Yes, Friday night is Anachrony night. Uh, I've learned some of the game. Mm -hmm. I, I need to learn more of it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a fairly heavy game from... Everything I've learned, but uh, it all seems to make sense. Excellent. And I can't yeah. wait. We can play with some of the figures that I've done. For sure. But the game I actually played this week, Space Space. Let's yes. chat about that one. Uh, Space Space is a card card tableau building. And engine builder. Yeah, an engine builder. Card engine builder. And you are... The, the base of the game is you roll dice. You take the rewards that uh, those dice give you. So on your board, you have the numbers, 1 to 12, and you can take 
the two numbers or just one number, like the ones that, that it combines to create. And you get the reward that's on the card. The fun part is, is on everybody else's turn, you also get to use their dice, but only for the cards that are flipped over above your um, current tableau. I think they're the ships that have been launched. Yeah, the they get launched. They they start out in your... Uh, dock. Dock, yeah, yeah, or your spaceport. Yeah. So what you want to do is obviously buy more cards so that you can flip more cards over, because the ones you buy replace the ones on those numbers, and then you flip that current card over so that you can get more money, more income, or more victory points. Because the goal of the game is to get to 40 victory points. Yep. Which you can do in a multiple, multitude of ways. Uh, you can either get it through cards. The uh, main way is through cards. But you can also get it through some special dice that are in the expansion. Yep. And is there any other way? I think it's just those two, right? Well, you you can buy the, buy the oh, ships you can that buy lock the ships out that, one of yeah, your ports. Right, you can buy the ships that are many victory points, but it does mean you can't replace that card on your um, tableau. tableau. And you also don't get anything if you roll that number. Yep. Solid game. We love playing this game. It's really easy to learn. It's really easy to teach. Uh, it's a relatively quick game if you play at around four players. We did find it can go a little longer if you play at five or six, which this game does play up to. I probably would never play up to that amount, but... Yeah, I think I've played a five-player game once, and it just it seemed to really drag. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, I won't go back there. We, we played at four majority of the time, and yeah. we played it at three. I don't think I've ever done a two-player game. No, much. I don't think, no, if it would play as well at two. Yeah, but uh, but three and four is where it really shines, in my opinion. Absolutely. And yeah, it's, it's uh, one we bring out every summer, any time of the year, just to play for fun. Yeah. Like, if no. we don't want anything super heavy, we want something we know how to play, this is one of those ones like Castles of Burgundy that we'll go to. Yeah, no, it's it's one of our most played games of all time, and you know the reason why is we've taught it to a lot of different people. Yeah, and it's been successful with a lot of different people. Absolutely. Uh, if I had any complaints about the game, is that sometimes like there's no way to flush the cards. Like yeah. you have your your market in front that you can buy from, and say people keep buying the good cards and you're left with not good cards. There's no way to get rid of those cards, so you're just stuck there buying the cards hoping good ones come out which we actually did have that issue with we played two games um the first game went pretty normal where somebody gets an engine going and all of a sudden they're way up high and then they're done yeah um the second game there were no victory point cards out it was so hard to get any card that was low enough that you would normally roll it and get victory points so i actually ended up winning because there's a specific card that is literally called like you win but it's a number 12 pretty hard to roll except i had cards that allowed me to charge them up and then place a charge onto any card yeah which i then used for that 12 and that's how i won so i didn't win by victor points although i did get actually probably the most out of anybody but you know it still was fun even though yep. we, it was a little bit like of a, a slog to get through that one yeah it's it it's one of those games that sometimes seems to go really fast, and other times it's, it's you're battling to get to those 40 points. Yeah. Uh, both games are fun because you're doing stuff. You're rolling dice. You're you're paying attention to what everybody else is doing, and it, it works really well with all different levels of players. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, Space Space, solid game. Always recommend that one. Exactly. So you are listening to Board on the Air on CFCR. 
Uh, we are moving into the news. Excellent. So what do we got anything interesting for news? I know this, since there's actually cons this year, maybe not too much has come out. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a slow slow news cycle, but I was able to find a few things that I had forgotten about <laughs> uh, and didn't write down. Excellent. Uh, I had been doing a good job of, as I go through Twitter or board game Twitter or BGG, I, I write down the stuff that I that piques my interest. This, this week I did not do that and had to do a quick uh, view through to see what mm-hmm. I could find. Uh, first one that I saw was a new game from the person who did Parks. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is that uh, sort of tra- or way of the path, like Takedo. You start at one spot, end at the other. Only this one you do it a couple of times. A uh, new one is called Trails. The board game looks identical to Parks. <laughs> uh, Parks got a lot of good press and a lot of people really liked it. I, f- I found it too much like Takedo and I found Takedo a better game. Right. In, in my opinion. Uh, but Parks is very loved in the board game community. Uh, lots of nice art in it. Uh, you know, it pays tribute to a lot of the national parks in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And... It's interesting. Yeah. But as to me, for me, it was okay. Yeah. This guy name his games. He's just like nouns. Yeah. <laughs> and he uses that sort of minimalist look art. Yep. You know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's okay. The wooden meeples and stuff in the parks was very nice. Mm-hmm. They didn't really show any of that off in the pictures I saw for trails. Yeah. But I'm curious. Uh, little bit with some uh, bigger designers, some news. Uh, one that just hit Kickstarter called War Room. Oh, uh, yeah. This is a monster war game that you can play at multiple players for an enormous amount of time. Uh, this is from the creator of Axes and Allies, a very famous game, uh, one of your prototypical Ameritrash games. Yeah, like you know. it's it's a it's a super famous war game. Yeah, it's it's risk on steroids, basically. Yeah. Uh, war room looks like axes and allies on steroids. <laughs> you know, I saw a picture of this from somebody who I follow on Instagram, and uh, they had a ruler out. To I I don't know if that's part of the game, but it was on the floor. The game was on the floor, and they had a ruler out. That's how big this game is. It's not a table game; it's a floor game. Yeah. The the neat thing is you. You can build your map uh, sectionally. Okay. So, like, say you're doing Europe, you can build just that piece of yeah. the map. So you don't have to uh, have four or five tables put together to build the full map, but you can if you ever yeah. want to. And I think to do that, you have to play a six-player game, and it takes <laughs> eleven hours or yeah. something. Sounds mm. like a, a big Twilight Imperium. Almost. Yeah, it, exactly. It's it's not something I am ever going to play, but it looks cool. But it, it is a neat-looking game, and the table presence and animate or uh, graphic design yeah. and everything looks really solid. So if you if you like Axis and Allies, check out this game. Yeah. Uh, this is one that uh, Shay actually discovered. Yeah. Pandemic is getting a novel. Yeah, they're... Um, oh, they said the brand that they're working together with. But uh, basically... Z-Man Games is collaborating with a brand to do um, a book. Yeah. 
I think it's oh, pandemic. I want, yeah, patient zero. I think. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, patient zero is what it's called, and <laughs> it's really funny because I saw people just dragging the artwork for it because it it really isn't. It looks very photoshopped, and like I think someone described it as a middle aged romance novel look. It, it has uh, a very Harlequin feel to it. Yeah, so it's not great. Yeah. Um, Aconite. Aconite is the the books. Aconite books. Oh, who never heard of collaborating with. Me neither, but just if you're curious. But you know what? I might read it because, to be honest, the world that seems to exist in Pandemic is really... It, it, I'm so curious, especially with the legacy ones, right? Because there's a world with some weird disease going on. And I know you could basically sub in any zombie book for it. But I am kind of curious as to what Z-Man Games thinks their world is, right? Well, Pandemic is sort of, you know, it's a little bit of seeing into the future when you play Pandemic Season 1. Like, it's talking COVID. Yeah. Right? Very much so. Other than, it's about the zombies. Other than it's creating zombies. Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Richard Garfield, creator of Magic, mm-hmm. has a new board game coming out called The Hunger, where you're going around... Hunting humans and eating them. I'm down. It, are you animals or are you other humans? It, it's a vampire. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm down. Uh, and <laughs> the game lasts till daybreak. Uh, and it's a deck builder. And each card is giving you time, basically. Okay. And the more you hunt, the more cards you get into your deck. So the slower you move. it's an interesting mechanic where you're going to balance that. And uh, I I am somewhat curious. I'm interested. Uh, I don't know about the theme myself. Oh, I'm kind of down for it. At least it's different. As long as there's a good mechanic to it, which sounds like there is, I'll try it for sure. I'm okay with this idea of playing the bad guy. And also like playing as a vampire. It's great. Uh, Matt Gertz, the creator of Concordia, is just finishing up Concordia solo. So, single-player Concordia expansion. And then he is moving on to Transatlantic sequel. Or Transatlantic 2. They don't really have a title for it yet. Uh, It's one of his earlier games. Or actually, no, I guess it's one of his middle games. Uh, I've never played it, but it does have a a decent following. Mm -hmm. So, I'm curious. Because uh, I, I like Concordia. I, yep. I think it's a great game. Uh, one of my favorite, Alexander Fister, is getting a big box treatment for Port Royal. Uh, this is one of his games I have never played. Yeah. But it sounds like it has a lot of the mechanics of the other games. Uh, this is one of his earlier ones, so I suspect we're going to see... Or I suspect it has a lot of the base mechanics that he uses in his other ones. Yeah. That he's you know, you see it in Great Western Trail, which he's moved on to that next level in uh, Maracaibo. Maracaibo. Yep. You know, Blackout Hong Kong uses a lot of the same mechanics from Mombasa, right? It's it he he builds yeah. on his own stuff, and I'm curious. Uh, f- well, there was an article about Isaac Childress, who apparently has a doctorate doctorate in physics really and in his last year started making gloomhaven Mm. (laughs) and so he doesn't use his physics but one of the questions he got asked by his uh alumni paper was are you ever going to make a game using physics 
And apparently he has something coming that's a little yeah. bit physics-based. Yeah. You will have to try really hard to make a game that's interesting and also includes physics. Well, wow, that's exactly Because nobody it. likes physics except physicists. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the news. Excellent. Okay, into our main topic, Shay. Into our main topic. So, you are listening to Board on the Air on CFCR. Uh, I am Shay and this is David. I'm the cool one of the group. I am the uh, knowledgeable one. You are the... I can't even argue with that. That is go- <laughs> You know what, though? You said Alexander Pfister, and I'm like, Maracaibo and Great Western Trail. I'm learning. You, you are learning. learning. <laughs> yeah, you still can't remember any of the games you've played, but no. you're learning. I'm learning, though, like the, the people behind them. Okay. Okay, so let's let's talk about FOMO. FOMO. So, so fear of... missing out, right? Yep. Most of the time when we've heard this, it's usually in regards to um, people being addicted to cell phones, right? Like, is this not where you've heard? No. So I was introduced to FOMO as the idea of why people are addicted to social media. Because, or why they always have their phones on them because they're so worried about missing out on the next thing. Okay, see... But that's just my generation, right? That, yeah. that, that That's a thing that they talked about with us. So hearing it, I mean, it makes sense in terms of buying things. Yeah. But it's interesting to hear the take. It's a little bit different, right? Yeah. So for me, whenever people talk about Kickstarter and backing a Kickstarter, you know, they say there's this fear of missing out on that game. Yeah. Right? And I, I got to thinking about this, as I say, in the last week. And one of the things I was thinking of is, you know, say you don't back a game. Yeah. Right? And it goes away and you can't get it anymore. Yeah. You know, are you missing out on that game? Because there's a reason why it hasn't been reprinted. Right? Yeah. Like, I think there's a little bit of that. And I, I, I do think that Kickstarter has created a community of kind of the fear of missing out because even if it does get reprinted or if it comes to retail it's not the kickstarter version and so there's a lot of people who are like oh i wish i'd gotten that even me everdell right i got into this game after its second kickstarter um and i've I've gotten everything for it they sell a lot of promos yeah but the things i haven't gotten are the extra characters which you don't need but there's space in the in the thing for it the insert for it and they'd be cute so it would be nice to have them but they don't sell them right so it's kind of like i feel like i missed out on that opportunity i would have liked them yeah you know for me i i just go back to the rule of vassal right Mm -hmm. if a game is good enough it's going to get a reprint yeah fair enough and and there's kickstarters that we've never backed and you know i was able to get the second printing yep right and Prime examples, Gougan, Smartphone Inc. Yep. Uh, the first Kickstarter ever backed, Dinosaur Island. Yeah. You know, uh, I got those games plus more. With the second printing. Plus I was able to play the games so I knew yeah. I would like them, right? Yep. You know, my fear on pl- on getting a Kickstarter is what if I don't like it? Yeah, fair enough. You know, I've spent this amount of money, I've waited this amount of time, I've invested this amount of interest in that game. What if you don't like it? I mean, you must have felt that with Merchant's Cove. Merchant's Cove, I was absolutely petrified that I was going to hate the game. Yeah. I don't. I thought it was a lot of fun. 
you know, I'm glad yeah. to have it. But that's one of the very few games that I've kickstarted that I hadn't played or yep. hadn't done something with, right? Well, and that's that's something I've done with the ones I've actually kickstarted, right? Like, so I've done three. I got the Everdell expansions, which, yep. to be fair, that one I count as I've played because I've played a lot of Everdell. Yep. Um, but then I've just done Dice Theme Park and I've done uh, Dinosaur World. Yep. Now, Dinosaur World, I have played Dinosaur Island, so I know they make a good game. Um, Panasaurus Games makes good games. I like a lot of their games, so it didn't. Fe- it doesn't feel too risky for me. Yeah. Probably Dice Theme Park is the more risky one because I've played Dice Hospital, love Dice Hospital, but that's the only one I've played really from them that I can think of. Yeah, exactly. But right. I wanted the game, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. I want, I want to get the promos, and I do want to be able to play this. I do think it's interesting, so I just went for it. Yeah. Yeah, and I. You know, as I said, like, I just, the more I was thinking about it, the more I thought, you know, FOMO, while everybody knows, is a bit of a marketing ploy. It's absolutely a marketing ploy. (laughs) It's, you know, it's not something, like, if you look at the board game industry in general or as a whole, those games that are good will get a reprint, right? You don't have to get it on that first Kickstarter if you have any concerns about it whatsoever, yeah. right? You know, I've played games that people bought as a Kickstarter and been like, this isn't that good. Yeah, absolutely. You know? and, and and they're not cheap. A lot of those Kickstarter games, you know, I, th- I think the big thing with the Kickstarter, with the FOMO, where it does make a little bit more sense to me is, as you said, that deluxe edition. Yeah. Right, I can pick up a retail version of Isle of Cats. Yeah, which is nice. We got the retail version of yeah, Isle of and, Cats. Yeah, but you know there is a bunch of Kickstarter exclusive stuff the that fish I didn't are really get. Nice. Yeah. Right, like a lot of little wooden pieces and stuff like that. And, and right now the, you know, the second Kickstarter is out there, and that's where I'm at that point where it's like, okay, I would like to get the new expansion yeah. through Kickstarter. But there's some additions on there. Do, do I want to get yeah. those now? Because when I got Isle of Cats, I was able to get the you know the late arrivals expansion, but I wasn't able to get the Kickstarter expansion because mm-hmm. it sold out so fast. Yeah, right? absolutely. Well, and so Dice Theme Park, right? Yeah. An uh, example of being able to get some of the stuff. It comes with the roll and write version of Dice Hospital. Yep. And I think that's the main thing it comes with, but. That is something that's kind of a nice bonus because you get it together. Um, same with Dinosaur World. Roaring Right is coming yep. with it. Uh, so it's 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 kind of fun when they do throw all the ex- like the expansions or the mini packs that they, they have in with it. Yep. I think that makes it a little bit, again, more worth it. But on the idea of the marketing, it is completely a marketing thing, yep. right? They need you to feel like you have to back it. They're like... Here's all these promos and stretch goals. Like, you got to back in and come join our exclusive club. And that's what makes people sign up. It works for everybody. It works for all of us, right? Like, you can't say you're immune to that. Oh, God, no. Um, just as the uh, leaders in deluxifying for sure. over here. Yeah, so. like experts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, I've one thing I've really noticed as a trend with Kickstarter is... The Kickstarter exclusives are now becoming a timed exclusive 
more than yeah. something you can only get through Kickstarter, as you've shown with your Everdell. Yeah. You were able to get everything other than a the couple of items. Yeah. And you can get them. They're just expensive. Oh, did you find them? Because I haven't. That's not I, the point, I, but I, I, want, I want them. <laughs> if anybody has them, I want them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so FOMO. I think it's real. It, you you asked, is it real? It is real. It, it is real, but, you I, know, it's something you can hold off. Yeah. If you have concerns, because if it's good enough, it will be back. I think that's a that's the big thing. FOMO's real, but it'll probably come back. Exactly. I'm David. And I'm Shay. Have a great night.